Before we get to the show, I wanted to share something with you all. One of our beloved listeners' granddaughter, Avery, was diagnosed with leukemia at two months old. After her first phase of chemo, she went into remission. Just recently, she relapsed. And they started a CAR-T therapy just this past week. And may possibly need a bone marrow transplant after that treatment. There are many ways we can help. They may have to possibly look for a donor, which Be The Match was kind enough to repost their story on Instagram. I would just ask for the minimum from our family that we've built here at Nightlight. And to help look out for one of our own by heading over to their website, rhappilyeveravery.com. There will be many ways that we can support Avery through that website. This episode and all of next month will be dedicated to Avery and her family. We are all rooting for you, Avery. We love you. From your family here at Nightlight, a horror movie podcast, we wish you the best. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. And alongside me, we got David. Your favorite horror virgin, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> also known as Nightly. On the other end there, we got Freddy. Always keeping it spoopy. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Night. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is the podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. Now that with a woo. Okay. on Patreon access to the show ad free and as early as Monday with a post show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world now brand new month i'm actually really excited for this month it's for all our mothers out there by the way this, this is dedicated to my wife by the way dedicating this month to my wife this is our very first mother's day so for all the moms out there this is for you but this is coined i'm sorry mama <laughs> <laughs> because we are probably going to watch a lot of brutal things but that's okay because yes. <laughs> it's in the love of science not really. But <laughs> with this month of I'm Sorry Mama, we are going to be starting things off with Carrie. First and foremost, thoughts. What a great way to start the month, in my opinion. Yes. I have to agree. Burning. Yeah. Yes. Burning rage. Uh, uh, and to take the words of the head knight himself, I adore this movie. Um, this is my fourth time watching it. Um, if anyone caught the ending of last week's episode. I think I mentioned the first time I saw this film, I saw the tail end of it. It's like eight years old. I walked into a room. No one was in there, but Carrie was playing. And I, I think I fainted. <laughs> I was so terrified of this movie. And I, I couldn't revisit it until maybe my uh, later teen years. And I was like, oh, wow, this is not what I thought it was, right? Um, and I really grasped that appreciation for the film, being able to watch it from start to finish. And going to this point now, being my fourth time, wow, I, I take something every time I watch this film. There's, um, It's such a well-done story. Um, yeah. And I think it's very on point with our theme this month, right? Because... I think a lot of people will say it's a story about adolescence and coming to terms with um, transitioning from childhood to adulthood. But um, there are a lot of people that are left in the dark because their parents really fail them. Uh, and it's really sad to see. Um, but it it's just such a great mix of sharing that coming of age story with horror 
Yes. And uh, the the whole climax of the movie still pays off today. It's it's still enjoyable to watch and it's a blast. So I yeah, agree. I adore it. Oh, the door. It's a stamp of, of like the it's the seal of approval right there. <laughs> adore. What about you, Freddie? Uh wow, sorry. So I, okay, I, I don't hate this movie. I that I want to put that out there first. I'm okay with it. That's fair. That's I think at least for fine. me. Personally, I know why they did the stuff they did in this movie, but it kind of like made me angry watching this. And it's more about the characters around Carrie, right? You're not supposed to like them. They're exactly. terrible people. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I just got mad of like the actions of what they were doing that I was taking like the enjoyment out of watching the movie because of it. You know, that's and interesting. So, you know what? That can give it great praise. You did exactly what you were meant to do yeah, in this movie. Acting, you were right? pissing me off of all these terrible people in these movies. <laughs> and it's just like just reminded me of like just like, I don't know, like high school is always a traumatic time for a lot of people. And they sometimes either have a really good time in high school or you have a terrible time in high school. I mean, that's anything, and right? That comes like with the whole entire genre of coming of age stories, right? You get to see some traumatic events to hopefully further you into your adulthood and stuff like that. And of course, it talks a lot about um, transitioning between being a young woman or young lady into a woman and stuff like that, too. And we talked about that in Ginger Snaps. We talked about that in Jennifer's Body. Uh, There's a lot of symbolism to it. And the changes that's happening within her and having telekinesis is also another like, I guess contrast with her going through puberty in a way. Yeah. And yeah, the ending is great. Yeah. That's I the mean, thing that sticks yeah. with everyone. I think yeah. it's very iconic. Gave me nightmares um, for years. <laughs> it's pretty intense. There's some great like effects it's a that they were to do. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I do think it does have a little bit of pacing issues and there's a lot of weird sequences where I'm like, this is going on way too long. But other than that, I, I appreciate this movie. And the only thing is, like, it just got me angry it's when I was watching it. I'm just like, this is very interesting. I'm taking notes that. about it. I'm like, yeah. I hate all of these people. Well, it's interesting you say that because the first time I watched this from beginning to end, um, I had the same experience, Freddie. I was like, dude, I can't stop focusing on how shitty all these people are. And right. um, these high schoolers, right, that just aren't empathetic at all. It really just hones in on that and uh, for first time viewer I don't blame you for I mean this is your first time watching it right? This is like the first time I was watching okay. it because I've seen it before it just it's been just years prob- on years okay, okay. I don't remember too much Yeah for like first go around I, I think that's a fair assessment because I I mean I had a similar experience and then um, when I had watched it after that I really got to enjoy it for the horror movie it is. And this time around, I really appreciate the, the message of, like you said, transitioning from a young girl to a young woman. Um, it's really impactful. And, and it also, I mean, the mental abuse that surrounds, um, Carrie's, Carrie's mom and how she's created this narrative in Carrie's head. And, you know, she really thinks everyone's against her, but it was only a few bad apples, but, um, it kind of ruined the whole batch for her, right? Until right. the point where she snapped. So it's 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 intriguing. You can speak so much on this movie. Oh, uh, you yeah. could go nonstop. Yeah. yeah. One of the biggest things that had like a biggest gripe on this is knowing what the ending was and uh, seeing her at the prom having fun. It just gave like that sense of hope, and I know it's about to get ruined, and I was yeah. like mad about that. Yeah, like, it creates damn, impact. Just give for it sure. to her. Like, 
Let her have that fun moment. That she good had it night. for a second. That one good night. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's had crazy. It for a second. Because again, Fucking the way rip. you describe it, Freddie, I've had those feelings before watching it. And this time around, I really got to appreciate the beauty of those happy moments. Right. So. Yeah. No, I agree. It, and honestly, with both of your parts, I absolutely love this movie. This movie is is completely amazing to me. It's damn near a masterpiece in my eyes. But um, it is something that definitely is a bit of a product of its time. I mean, Brian De Palma, kind of a, a creep of a director in some yeah. ways. I mean, we can very much tell in yeah. the opening, opening of this scene. movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think, but yeah, I, I do want to add to that. I agree with that. And I think I felt that the first full watch through and this time I'm like, it very much is there to show the contrast, but you're right because it's right. depicting, you know, yeah. nude high school girls. But, exactly. Um, it, it, it does. It's very intriguing. There's a lot of moments where, um, you know, you see the PE teacher's body and how voluptuous it is and all that. And I feel like that's very empathized to show like the contrast between the other girls and Carrie yeah. and how familiar they are with their... Their bodies body and, and their so sexuality. on, and then, yeah, and then she Carrie very much is not because she has a mother that's failed to to prepare her for the world and becoming a woman and so on. But right, yeah. it is creepy, but it very it, much it, is. there is reasoning to it. Right, no, absolutely. Like it, it all makes total sense, and I, I do, I do find that to be a very important piece mm-hmm. of this film as well. Um, when it comes to that aspect, for yeah. sure. And granted, we're not, none of us are women, so like we aren't the proper people to speak on this therefore we're probably not going to Mm -hmm. but um it's things like that 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 definitely pops up but i think brian de palma is is quite the visionary when it comes to his horror films but uh his other films are kind of like in my opinion but that's completely fine but let's go ahead and jump into the plot because i am so excited to talk about this movie (laughs) Carrie, directed by Brian De Palma, released on November 3rd, 1976, almost my birthday, but not year. I'm not that old. <laughs> Runtime of one hour and 38 uh, minutes, uh, budget of $1.8 million, and a box office of $33.8 million. Whoa, wow. That's come a up. lot of money back then. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Like, like, thinking about that now, like, gosh, that has to be with like inflation, like almost 100 mil for sure. Like Probably that's, like, yeah. limitless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want, Brian De Palma. A rating of 93% on Rotten wow. Tomatoes. That's really good. Deserved. I think it's well-deserved. Yeah. I, I absolutely love this movie. It's just, oh, it's perfect to me. But whatever. It's besides the point. But um, this is also the first adapted film for Stephen King's novels. This is wow, the first one. Cool. This is the first yeah. one. Whoa. Mm-hmm. The first one. Did I know that? Yeah. So since this is being the first one, it, it definitely sets a standard and a stage yeah. for everything else that kind of comes after it. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of other uh, Stephen King films are done very extremely well, actually. Dr. Sleep being one of them, The Shining being another. But um, with that in mind, it was just like, holy shit, how do we come from this? <laughs> like, that is huge. <laughs> like, how do we come from this? How do we make more? But we ended up getting a ton of them and hopefully we keep getting them, but I'm in for it. We open to these high school girls playing volleyball, the camera moving in slowly towards our protagonist, Carrie, missing the ball and losing the game. The team of girls call her names, tell her to eat shit before heading inside the locker room. Title card with a slow-mo of almost naked girls everywhere. Yep. <laughs> the camera eventually moving closer to Carrie bathing. 
As she is cleaning herself, she drops her soap, then notices blood coming from her crotch. Not knowing what's happening to her, she runs towards the group of girls whimpering for help as she holds her hand out. They all push her back, then start making fun of her, throwing tampons um, and pads at her, shouting for her to plug it up. We just high school, just kids. Yeah. They're so fucking mean. Yeah. Like, why do you have to be so mean? I think, I think, uh, what the fuck? Kids in, in school, whether it be elementary school, middle school, high school, can be a lot meaner than most adults ever could be. Absolutely. There's just that fire there. Yeah. It's <laughs> it just sucks. like, it's like you, you have this complete hatred for someone yeah. for what reason? They don't know empathy yet. I think empathy right. is something that needs to be taught. Um, also, it seems like as the generations go on, uh, kids are becoming nicer in my that's opinion fair. Um, i hope so yeah, yeah I, hope so too. I, I, I hope so too i, I mean the internet's a mean place and so like, that's yeah. the thing i think <laughs> but I, there's good and bad about it too I this mean, is the worst thing shout out that. to gen z gen z will stand up and fight for what's right too yeah those, like, they're gonna save great. the earth honestly yeah. but i hope so i think because of the 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 internet right that a lot of people that are mean Doing do it in the anonymity of the internet, and right. they don't need to do it in person anymore. Right. Whereas, if you're looking in comparison to this in the 70s, like yeah. there's no outlet for that for that yeah. <laughs> that mean energy, and also it was just depicted as being cool to be mean and so on. Right? Yeah, especially especially like this time in the 70s, like you were you were cool if you were the jock and being right. mean exactly. to someone, and like like move out of the way, nerd. Yeah, and, and <laughs> straight up today, from what I know of younger people, like that is just seen as super uncool. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like it's like you're mean to someone or you try to be like cocky or whatever. Like yeah. that's just like what is up with you? You, right. you guys seen Twenty One Jump Street? Yes, <laughs> I was literally thinking about Twenty One Jump Street. That one strap in my head. Too. The one strap versus the two strap on the backpack. <laughs> like, so why would I not do two straps? That's why it's there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's that right. It's that 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 shock effect of um, an older generation not right. Yeah, not real. Or I guess in con- in contrast to older generation like. High schoolers in the seventies versus now, it's very different. So watching it today, it's even tougher. I think. Right now, that makes total sense. The gym teacher, Ms. Collins, comes in trying to break the girls up. She grabs one of the students, Sue, shaking her, asking her, "What is she doing?" Sue cowardly tells her that Carrie got her period. Collins goes over to Carrie, slapping her to calm her down. She just loves using her hands. Like she was just slapping every single one of these students. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like, uh, <laughs> like Shaft. Like every time we would like come up to somebody, we just like slap them or like Superfly <laughs> or something. Carrie continues to freak out, and the lights burst above them, startling the girls. Except for Chris and Norma, they're just like laughing and giggling and shit. That would have scared the shit out of me. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> like what the fuck? What just happened? <laughs> Collins demands them to get out of there, Sue hesitantly leaving. Once all the girls have left, Collins apologizes to Carrie, claiming that she didn't know, reassuring her that they've all left. Uh, uh, Cut to Carrie sitting in the principal's office as Collins speaks to Mr. Morton about what happened. As they discuss what's going on, teens are looking at Carrie sitting in the office, laughing and some, some knocking on the windows, making fun of her. It's just like, damn, this school must be tiny. Like, word got around stupid fast. But I, I, once again, like, I, I back to our point with Carrie was that outsider. Yeah. Right? Like, everyone knew who Carrie was. Exactly. But not for a good thing. It also seemed like a small town. It did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it definitely did. Uh, meanwhile, Collins uh, tells Morton that she understood how the others felt towards Carrie. And that 
was kind of fucked up. Right. But like she was just at the same time, she was just like I for her in her eyes, the way I picture it is she didn't know what to do. Yeah. And like I, I even get that way with my child where I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like you're screaming and I'm trying to do everything. And sometimes you you kind of think in your head, like, what the hell do I do right now? I just want her to stop crying. Yeah. And it's it's a scary thought because you don't know, even as a parent, like like I don't want to snap. I don't want to snap at my child. I don't want to do anything like that. Um, and it, it's it's a scary feeling. It's mm-hmm. a very scary feeling. So I, like, I can understand where Collins is coming from, where she's like, I didn't know what to do. I just wanted to shake her, so I slapped her. <laughs> I think that was a very uh, seeming, seemingly normal thing from the media I've seen from like 80s and before. Yeah. Like someone's just out of control. You just smack them, and it's like more so of a shock effect. Right, right like exactly. Yeah, exactly. Let me slap some... Sensitive. <laughs> That's where that phrase right. probably comes from. <laughs> probably. I was like, you, you feel empathy for Carrie almost right away when you see the volleyball match and they all like oh, yeah. in front of her. Oh, yeah. And you, you can tell it. she doesn't belong yeah. with that group of girls. And then you just see a bunch of girls just making fun of her, throwing tampons on her, saying, plug it up. And it's all like in unison. And it's like a mob mentality. And then you see the teacher get involved and slaps her. I'm just like, this movie is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I started getting pissed off. And then this principal calling her the wrong name. Oh, we'll oh, get yeah. into it. Cassie. Yeah. <laughs> Claiming that she wanted to shake her too. He is looking at her bloodstained shorts uncomfortable from the site. He's like, ooh. Morton makes the decision to send Carrie home, calling her in by the wrong name. Collins correcting him. Carrie comes into the room, him asking Miss Finch to grab the dismissal sip. Uh, slip. He's, he tells her to take the rest of the day to take care of herself. And I actually do enjoy how he genuinely did not care. For him, <laughs> he was just like, yeah, I don't like, care. Like, send her home, whatever. Her home, that's fine. You know, whatever. I don't really want to check in and see how she's doing or anything like that. It, it's probably I hated a, that. <laughs> it's probably from a place of uncomfort. Ex- exactly. Yeah. And that's why I like it because it very much shows like how a male can be yeah. uncomfortable with, in this situation with that has something to do with these women. And he's just like, I don't understand this. Uh, go home. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, like, what, what do I do? It's right. even previously depicted, like you brought up, that he's grossed out by the blood on um, her shorts. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's not that big of a deal. Exactly. Yeah. As he is talking to her, she is looking down at an ashtray of cigarette butts, correcting him on her name. The tray begins to slightly shake, Miss Finch handing, handing him the slip. He asks if she would like to go to the infirmary or need a ride home. She denies both. Collins also allowing her to miss a week of gym. Morton apologizes once again, but calls her the wrong name yet again. She yells, um, she yells her correct name at him, the ashtray flipping off the desk, shattering on the ground. Carrie then runs out of the office. Cut to Carrie walking home, a kid on a bike riding past her, but turns around chanting, Creepy Carrie! Creepy Carrie! Creepy Carrie! <laughs> she immediately stops and looks in his direction, the kid falling off of his bike. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I was like, get wrecked. Like, I love that scene so much. Uh, meanwhile, Carrie's mother, Margaret, goes over to Sue's house to speak with her mom. She is watching TV, Margaret ringing the doorbell, Mrs. Snell answers the door. Margaret oddly asking how how her and her family have been in the extremely odd tone. And I I love her depiction of Margaret White. And I'm speaking on Piper Laurie. Like her depiction of Margaret Wright is just wow. Like just the the whole concept of being like kind of kind of like a a, a Jesus Jesus freak in a way or something like that. Like it's just 
it's it works so well for her character. She reminds me of one of the mothers of like the children from Sparkles from Donnie Darko. I oh, sure. The character is, but yeah, like, she has that same type of thing, but. It's like the creepy version of her. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> she is very, yeah, she she is such a very odd, but her great moments, mannerisms and everything, just yeah. flawless. Her, her, even her uh, monologue towards yeah. Carrie, just like wow, just absolutely perfect. Snell tells her that they are all fine, then hesitantly asks her if she would like to come inside. She comes inside. Snell and I love how she's like, oh yes, of course. <laughs> just like pushes the door open. <laughs> she goes inside. Snell making small talk about their daughters, but Margaret gets right to the point. She is there to spread her Christian rhetoric, handing Snell a book about, quote, the teenager's path to salvation through the cross of Jesus, end quote. Snell accepts the, <laughs> accepts the pressure and takes the book, saved by the phone ringing in the back of the house from her friend, Betty. She answers the phone, explaining that Margaret, um, Margaret is there. Telling her friend that she will get rid of Margaret and call her back. She comes back to Margaret about to read her a page from the Bible. Snell interrupts her, letting her know that she would just like to contribute ten dollars. <laughs> five at first. <laughs> five at first. That's true. Right. She's like, I'll give you Pauses. five. You know what? Let's make it ten. Yeah. It's just in Margaret, she's like kind of pissed. You know, she's like, I want to spread the word. She's like, I see. Right. She's like, Yes. Hmm, okay. I see. But she accepts that money though. I think, uh, Take that like, donation. <laughs> like you okay. said, she does a really good job portraying the character because it, you, that very much in that small moment invokes like, I feel sorry for you. You're not going to be saved. Right. 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 Yeah. And it, with no exposition or dialogue to express that, but just through her demeanor. Just her, yeah. Her yeah. complete body language. It speaks volumes in this moment. Exactly. As she is walking out, she turns back to Snell with a raised hand, praying that she finds Jesus before leaving the house. Sue comes up behind her mom, asking if that was Carrie's mom, wondering what she wanted. Margaret is walking home as Carrie watches her mom stump into the house. Um, I love that Carrie lives like in the attic. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah. she, it's so, it, it's such an interesting like aspect and the reason why i like it so much is because she's closer to god in the ah. attic but yet she, her soul and her mom's eyes are in the basement yeah and it's just it's such an intriguing metaphor for how that house is set up i yeah. just oh my god i love That's how dark it is such yeah. a dark house. Carrie grabs her jacket. Margaret downstairs answering their ringing phone. Meanwhile, uh, Carrie is in an attic trying to listen to her mom's conversation. Margaret uh, thanks the person who called, then gently hanging, hangs up the phone. She softly tells her daughter that she knows she is listening and calls her to come downstairs. Carrie does as she is told, asking who that was who called. Margaret ter- turns to her saying that she is a woman now. And she's like, you're a woman now, Carrie. Carrie cries asking her mom uh, why didn't she tell her she hits Carrie with a book before reading it from from it she tells Carrie to say uh, she tells Carrie to say quote the raven was called sin end quote Carrie repeats her question um Telling her mom no as Margaret continues to hit her with the book. She says she says her mom's words, Margaret then telling her to say, quote, the first sin was intercourse, end quote. Carrie cries that she didn't sin, her mom chanting that she want that she wants her to repeat it. This scene is just so intense. Yeah, how did from you, both of yeah. them? How did you feel, Freddie, when you're watching this? I mean, at this point I hate everyone in this movie. Yeah. Including, uh, Carrie? including the mom. No, Carrie's fine. Obviously, she's she's the reason why I hate everyone because she's very kind. She's very sweet. She's very monotone. You can tell that she's like 
broken down already at yeah. this point in the movie, and the, yeah. the movie just starts. Yeah, it's right. very evident. We that can see that there's a history that happened. Exactly. Where a, she's grown to be just like the person in the background, and that's it. Well, there's evident of a history of abuse here from her mother, right? Yeah. And clearly, it's physical and uh, emotional abuse. Right. Um, yeah, it's tough. I remember the first time watching it. Um, for me, what really scared me was Margaret. Right. She was terrifying She's to me. Definitely because, a scary character. Yeah, because um, which is why this is yeah. on our list. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mama. Um, be, because to me, what really I I I get very grounded, and I think about how that is the that can be the case for so many children to have a parent like that, and that's yeah. truly terrifying to me. Yeah. And I like that you brought up the point, Prince, saying that the the whole house is very dark. Yeah. And I really think it's her like closing out the curtains, closing the door, making everything. Hiding her, from the, hiding her from the outside world. You read my mind. Yeah, yeah. it's literally, it's it's shutting out the, pervi- uh, I, I don't even know how to say it, the uh, the corrupt world outside. The Keeping uh, her desires her from crack. the outside. Yeah. 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 Perversions from the outside. Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, have you guys seen that, that documentary back in 2006 called Jesus Camp? Mm, I've heard of it. No, I but I, that sounds like a movie I watched a couple of years ago called The Boy Erased. I never heard of that. That sounds interesting. I'm gonna look that up later. Um, or yes, but, God, yes, that came out last year. Great movie. Yeah. Well, Jesus Camp is actually a documentary about kids going to actually Jesus Camp or like Christian camps. Got it. And it is the most heartbreaking thing you would ever see. Yeah. Like these are bad, like dude. children, children, and it's extremely controversial the things that they had these kids doing in there. Yeah, I bet. So the film that I mentioned was a story about um, conversion therapy. And someone going through it, and it's oh, it's yeah. rough, man. It's oh, rough to watch. Lord of mercy, she does so, but then shares how afraid she was. But her mom doesn't care. She repeats for Carrie to say that quote Eve was weak. End quote. She cries as she does so, continuing to blame her mom for not telling her. Margaret drops down to the ground, praying as she calls her daughter a sinner. Carrie doesn't accept it, constantly telling her mom no. Margaret starts to drag her into a closet, telling her to pray. Carrie screaming and banging on the door for her mom to let her out. She accepts her being in there, being uh, beginning to pray to the creepiest looking Jesus statue that I've ever seen. Yeah, I was it looks like, like her mom. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I noticed that, but I was well, like, oh, this has kind of like glowing eyes. Prince probably loves this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do love the scene, but it's it it very much resembles her mom with the the hair yeah. and things like that. And it later on, there's moments. That contrasted as right. well. That that we oh, he's basically her savior in the way. It's like, I'm going to save you from your sins. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, we transition to Margaret sewing and Carrie coming out of the closet, um, thanking her. Margaret tells her to go to bed. Carrie does as she is told, kissing her mom before heading up the stairs. And her mom's all chipper now. She's like, <laughs> once upstairs, she cries while looking at herself in the mirror. The mirror pulses until it shatters as she stares into it. Her mom calling and checking on her. She tries for the bedroom door, but it is locked. She demands for Carrie to open the door. Carrie softly tells her that it is open. And Margaret uh, tries once more, the door opening for her. I fucking <laughs> I love this and how nonchalant Carrie yeah, is. It's open. It's very subtle. <laughs> she comes in asking about the noise, Carrie playing it off as if she didn't hear anything. And I don't know if you guys noticed like the Jesus poster in the back. Yeah. Like how it like cracks around his neck. Oh, that I did not know. <laughs> yeah. uh, she comes in 
Oh, excuse me. Uh, she tells Carrie to go to bed, and Carrie continues acting like she is saying her prayers. She looks up at the shattered uh, mirror, an image of Jesus through the reflection, the shattered glass around his neck. Cut to Carrie taking notes in class as her teacher, Mr. Fromm, reads a poem from Tommy. The camera surrounds Tommy from incredibly impressed. He asked if they, are, if they have any criticisms. Carrie in the back calling the poem beautiful. Good for her for speaking up. Like, yeah. I'm sure that was like something that was probably extremely hard for her to even do. So like that for me was just like a step in like she's growing as a person. You know, I think you're you're right on that. I never really saw it that way. But I think earlier when she was denying her mom that she wouldn't um, repeat the passage. Right. I think it also shows that she may have done that at a younger age. But at this point, as she's becoming a young adult, right. she's learning that she doesn't want to put up with a lot of things anymore or she wants to speak up or so on. So it's an interesting point that you bring up. Exactly. Because it's something that her mom's hidden from her. Knowing like, oh, you never told me that this was going to happen. You never told me. Um, It kind of opens her mind to be like, what else am I missing out? That's a good point. And starts to like rebel a little bit and kind of explore a little bit more and kind of gains her own self-confidence. And I think the teacher does a really good job of helping her kind of break through her shell, which we'll talk about a little bit later. A, yeah. a lot of people say yeah. that uh, the kids that are sheltered and like put in a bubble tend to be the ones that like lash out and rebel and all that. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Freddie was pointing at himself and everyone's wondering. <laughs> I grew up in a very traditional Catholic family. Got I've it. gone through uh, elementary school and high school of a Catholic school. So it's been like when I hit college, I kind of had my like wild times because I was kind of like free from my parents a little bit. Yeah, uh, free, yeah it, it kind of makes sense. Where it's like <laughs> if you're not exposed to a lot of stuff, and then you're kind of trying to play catch up in a way. Yeah, you realize sometimes what you go you a little were... too wild, and then life feels like nope. Because you realize what you're missing out on, again. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, same thing goes for my cousin too. I'm not gonna name his name, but same thing happened to him where he went through. He even went to a Catholic yeah. school, like a college. Um, yeah. So, I, I completely understand. I, I went to Catholic school for three, four years. Well, I had no idea. Yeah, I went from to, either of you. Yeah, I went to Catholic school for four years, um, and I wouldn't say I was sheltered though. I wouldn't say I was like crazy sheltered because I mean the area I lived in, yeah, couldn't really shelter me from much. Right. But yeah. Everyone is laughing. Tommy losing her smile from Carrie's com- compliment, and I'm with you, Freddie. I hate them. Like I really hate them. And it's, I just, I, I wish, I wish he would have been different, though. He kind of okay. has like a redeeming arc. He does, but I, I wish, on, I wish he would have been a little forced. different. Okay, that's interesting that you guys bring that up because I remember Tommy as always being like a dick, and even in Me this too. moment. But I think your memory serves correct. Yeah. Well, okay. So you're like this watch. He was kind of yeah. This approach I took it differently because before I always thought that like that disappearance of the smile was in relation to Carrie speaking up, and this time I I took it as he was more so scowling because of the teacher kind of taking the opportunity to mock Carrie. Sure. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird because I had always remembered Tommy like. Kind of being a jerk through all of it, but this time I was like, "Oh, I thought he was a good dude." Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. From parades around Carrie's criticism, while Tommy whispers that she sucks. That's the only thing that. Well, I thought it's. I thought he said you suck. I had, I had the captions on. She I had sucks. it too. And he said you sucks in yours. Yeah, I had just watched this an hour ago. What? And I that's Give I think because I had, had the captions. So but, yeah. 
That's why I maybe saw it differently this maybe. time because I thought I was like, well, what if he's talking to the teacher instead? Oh, I I had she sucks, but we'll keep going. And yeah, because if it said she sucked, then I wouldn't have thought that at all. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> From ask for clarification, Tommy claiming that he said all shucks. <laughs> um, his friends laughing at him. Cuts to Collins taking attendance as the janitor works to clean off the mean words marked on the wall about Carrie eating shit. Carrie watches from outside the gym as Colin yells for all of the ladies to get up from the bleachers. She demands Chris to spit her gum out. Chris being a smartass asking where to put it. You can choke on it for all I care. Just get it out of your mouth. Bro, she is so fucking dumb. She is so dumb. She takes her gum out as everyone watches her do so. Collins lectures them about being assholes to Carrie, claiming that all they are thinking about is prom and their dates. She asks Chris who is she taking. She tells, uh, tells Collins that she has taken Billy Nolan. Collins telling her to repeat it louder to annoy her. Then she asks Sue, who is taking Tommy Ross. Collins tells them her plan to suspend them all and take away their prom tickets. The girls all grow but smile when Colin shares that the office wouldn't allow her to do that. Excuse me. Instead, they have to serve detention with Collins. Chris murmurs that she isn't coming. Collins sharing that punishment for them not coming is her first plan. She tells them to change. The girls groan as they head towards the locker room. Chris still holding her ground on, on her not going. We jump to, to them all doing Collins workouts. And I, I love how like goofy Norma is. Like with her hat on and shit, yeah. she's just oh, so God. she's so yeah. awkward. It, it, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I feel like it depicts her as like the less than intelligent person. I think that's yeah. what it's right. supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Carrie is in the study hall looking for different le- uh, literatures about miracles. Collins continues working the shit out of these girls. <laughs> Damn, she's just quite the montage. Yeah, for real. But the only thing I wish they would have done, like I wish like De Palma would have at least be like, all right, let's spray some sweat on them or something. Yeah. To make, make it look realistic. like they were working out. Yeah. Their push-ups are <laughs> terrible too. They so what? I'm not, you know, I'm not blaming <laughs> any form. Their, oh, like their, the, the, <laughs> their push-ups is like, you're putting, uh, nah. So I want to chime in really quick. Please. I have the, the movie the up clip. here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Carrie says, um, Beautiful, beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And then the teacher says, the teacher laughs and then starts reading, like saying a, a line and is asking Carrie, Is that what you mean is beautiful, Carrie? That's right, hardly like, like fun feedback, right? Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's when Tommy starts um, frowning and the caption here actually says, You suck. Really? Yeah. Because I had it on Amazon. I don't know where you're watching. Mine's it Apple TV. Uh, I did Apple TV too, yeah. but I didn't have the captions on this time. Uh, okay. But interesting. Yeah, that is interesting because mine was on it Amazon is, uh, and, and mine said she sucks for sure. Got it. Interesting. I, interesting. I wouldn't have rented it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, mine for sure says she sucks. But huh. Wonder if Amazon and Apple got a little clash thing going on. <laughs> Chris mentions that Collins can't get away with this. Sue telling her to let it go. She and you can't get away with this, Collins. She <laughs> stops jogging in place, going up to Collins. She reminds Chris that there's 10 minutes left and to keep running. Chris is about to tell her to stick those minutes right up her ass, but Collins provides her with the smackdown. She just starts wailing on her right. face. Is it okay for teachers to do in the 70s? I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, brutal. It sounds like this would not get... I mean, I mean, it's totally yeah. a different time for sure. 100%. Yeah, because I mean, I, I've heard stories that kids used to get beat in... I, actually, you know, now that I think about it, I know adults... Like, that, I know that kids got I know beat. <laughs> adults that went to like school in the 70s 
And yeah. they have told me stories of them like getting beat by teachers. Yeah, like wow. with rulers and yeah. things like or that. Or sometimes, yeah, like, I, I know rulers were a thing, but I've heard like stories of like just getting smacked around and stuff. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah I mean, my one, um, another cousin of mine um, went to uh, a Muslim school where um, they actually did like, they would smack his hands with like rulers and things yeah. like that. And this was in the 90s. Yeah, so I'm not like, surprised. <laughs> like, so I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Chris cries that she can't hit them, but Collins um, ain't no sucker. Chris, <laughs> Chris tries to rally all the girls together, but they all shake their heads. Sue telling her, shut up, Chris. She tells Collins that this isn't over while walking off the field. Collins commenting that she is out of the prom. Carrie finds the book, quote, The Secret Science Behind Miracles, end quote. She reads about the telekinesis and takes the book. Cut to Tommy running on the field. He goes up to Sue out of breath telling her to telling her that he made it to the nationals she congratulates him then asks to talk to ask to talk to him they are walking behind the bleachers and she asks him if uh, to take Carrie to prom we don't see what he says immediately but we could assume he's like nah (laughs) instead we are with Chris and Billy jamming out to heat wave while he is driving and how surprised were you to see John Travolta Freddie uh, I wasn't too surprised because I actually was looking into the cast before the movie Got started it. just to see if there was any like recognizable cast recognizable. for you. Yeah, and I was like, I saw John Travolta. And I was like, like, I, knew oh. him. <laughs> I was surprised. This is my fourth time watching. It. I'm like, John Travolta's in this movie. <laughs> I never knew that. It's my fourth time watching this. Yeah, it gave me vibes of um, American Graffiti during the oh, scene. Sure, just the scene, obviously. But yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. This that's is fair. basically Harrison Ford, but. Not Harrison Ford. Right. I mean, a lot of these actors like this, like Kevin Bacon and so on and so forth, right. They a lot of them started in horror films, like Johnny Depp starting right. in Nightmare on Elm Street. Kevin Bacon actually started in Friday the 13th. So, like, it, it, you you get a nice sense of that, which is really cool to is see. Is this before this or after Grease? Ooh, I don't call. know. What, what year did this come out? This came out in 76. 76. I think Grease came out in 79, right? She is putting on makeup as he continues to drive his, fr- his friend Freddie, um, who drives up next to him, and, um, inviting him to come drinking with him. Billy doesn't accept after checking out Chris in his passenger seat. She smiles at him as he takes a sip from the beer that Freddie threw him. Another car full of women whooping at him, but he ignores them, and he's just like, nah, I'm with my girl. A, car, a cop car pulls up next to him, him throwing the beer on the ground, Chris calling him a stupid shit. Once they, once they leave after he, quote-unquote, plays it cool, he tells Chris not to call him that, and she calls him that again. He, he backhands her. She just kept getting... She just, I felt bad for Chris, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. Uh, and they almost get out of the car... Get, Excuse me. They almost get into a car accident. Her insulting him again, and he turns around. Uh, we jump to Sue and Tommy. Her studying while he watches a cowboy and Native American movie. Uh, they aren't speaking with each other for a moment until Tommy tells her, "Fine, I'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> she smiles and continues studying. Back with Billy and Chris arriving to a party, she brings him back into a car with her. Him still upset with her in- her insults, but she tries to seduce him. It works because they. F- they uh, full on make out until she pushes him off of her twice. I thought that was very interesting. So it it's, I could be completely wrong here, but seeing this now and seeing this scene, I was like, I think she is more so trying to get it's a, him. To it sounds get like handsy. a tactic. Yeah, right? yeah. like I think right. she probably could be saying hurtful things to him so she does get smacked around because she might like it maybe that's always a possibility but i don't know and also with like i think it also has something to do with like since he was mad 
in that moment, like just to like kind of show like like you're still mine. Yeah, kind of thing. That's I, what I it, felt, it, it felt like, like a possession was, thing. She was trying to have like I have the power right now. That's right. a good point. Yeah, yeah, it's that's like, what it felt like to me. And I will give you something out of this if you do something for me out of it. Too. Right. So she was kind of gaining control. That's how I kind of saw it's it. It's a really good point. Yeah. They continue their odd little foreplay, him getting mad at them, getting mad at each other, Billy hitting her yet again. But then she starts kissing him again. She is going down on him, calling his calling his name multiple times until she mentions that she hates Carrie White. And he's like, who's Carrie White? Dude, that, dude, that, that scene me. is so great and funny. I loved it. I hated it. That was so funny I don't know why, because of my, my realistic thoughts, I was like, how is she talking with oh, yeah. what she's doing? It's clearly And dumb. I hate that my mind went there. And I, I just like I was like, why am I thinking about this? And I'm like, this is not realistic. How is she having full sentence conversation while doing this at the same time? It's like, <laughs> I was like, rhetorical question. How is she like, clearly talking during the sexual act? Carrie is in the library with multiple books, picking another while Tommy comes up behind her, surprising her with a greeting. I wish Sue would have talked to Carrie instead, instead of having yeah. Tommy do this. Like, because this was all Sue's idea. My question to Sue would have been like, "Why don't you just talk to her if you feel bad? Apologize." Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I could, I could imagine that Sue probably wants it to seem genuine and let her have that moment since the year is going to end and you know the high school experience is going to end and just to let her have it because I think if right, she, but they could have just all gone together. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, but apparently in this universe, you can't. You're not allowed to go if you don't have a right, date. Right, you didn't have a date. Yeah, I think one of the things is like. A lot of girls or guys as well in high school don't like confrontation and maybe they don't even want to admit guilt. So sure. they'll do a good deed instead. Yeah, kind of like make, feel, make themselves feel better. I, yeah. I think that's a good point because she's probably trying to clear her own conscience. That's right. fair. She feels bad, but she's not going to admit guilt and actually have a conversation with her exactly. and let her know that she messed up and so she's she, sorry about it. Hence so the she's going to do the good deed instead to yeah. make herself feel good. Right. So, and so. Yeah, guilty yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, and hence the end of the movie as well, yeah. as as we see in, in the dream sequence. She closes the book, Tommy asking her small talk questions, then gets around to asking her to prom. Carrie is surprised by this question and then runs off. Cut to Collins coming down the stairs, seeing Carrie sitting alone. She asks her what's wrong, assuming that one of the girls messed with her again. Excuse me. Uh, Carrie tells her no and then mentions that Tommy asked her um, to, to the prom. Collins is excited for her, complimenting his looks. Um, excuse me. Uh, complimenting her looks, but Carrie isn't uh, too sure because of who he is associated with. She thinks that he is trying to trick her again. Collins tries to assure her that it could be different and that it that he possibly meant it. And I love that Collins is just like in the background. She's like, "No, you're probably right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to treat. I'm just trying to tell you what you need to hear right now." Carrie still isn't so sure. Collins starts uh, speaking to her about her self esteem. She brings Carrie to a mirror for her to look at herself. She moves Carrie's hair back, complimenting her looks and her eyes, and even um, adding some suggestions to accentuate her looks even further. Collins is speaking with with both Sue and Tommy, um, asking them why did they ask or why did he ask her to prom? Sue t- and I love how Tommy was just like, "Whoop, shit, we're caught!" Like he was about to get up. <laughs> I was gonna say I really like this moment, and again, I'm only I love this moment. I'm only catching it for the first time, but. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, but I think the scene exemplifies it very well that Miss Collins is um, the mother that Carrie probably would have always wanted. Yeah, right? she's 100%. She's complete contrast. She's there to support her and kind of teach her things. Yeah. Have, uh, you, have you guys seen Matilda? Yes. Yeah, I love Matilda. Matilda yeah. is literally the child's version of Carrie. 
It really is. Yeah, wow. Because like Miss, Miss Collins is Miss Honey. Yeah, Miss Honey. And Matilda's obviously Carrie. Man, I had a crush Except, on Miss Honey when I was little. I mean, little. who did it? Yeah, yeah right. like, like, who did it, bro? I mean, even when she was in 13 Ghosts, I was like, Miss Honey. <laughs> <laughs> bro, come on. Sue tells her uh, that she asked him to. Uh, Collins wonders why. Sue thinking that it could, it would be good for Carrie. Collins still not believing her. Sue murmuring that she might uh, she might not even go to the prom, which Collins also thinks is ridiculous. Norma comes in to hand Collins the attendance sheet. She takes she takes it from Norma, um, still standing there and in, interested in the conversation that they are having. Collins dismisses her and tells her and turns uh, t- turns her attention back towards Tommy. He mentions that he is going to be late to, for practice, but she doesn't care. Tommy doesn't believe this con- this concerns her. Collins mentioning that it is a big deal to Carrie. He tells them that she said no. Sue trying to encourage him to continue asking her. Collins shutting them down for them to tr- to stop trying. Tommy agrees, but Sue doesn't, doesn't, raising her voice at Collins that they are trying to help Carrie, not hurt her. She asks Sue how, but they don't answer. She plays a scenario on how Tommy is going to look when he walks in, in with Carrie into the room, into the prom. She, excuse me, Sue answers that they don't care how they look, but Tommy laughs from nervousness, not agreeing with Sue. We jump to Tommy in his red pickup, parking in front of Carrie's house. <laughs> and I, I, I actually love the concept of the red in this movie yeah. like the red a- accents are everywhere and it's so incredible wow i think it, i missed that and i usually like looking out for color oh it's so yeah. it's so immaculate like you you it, if you ever rewatch this like I probably will you definitely catch those hints of reds and it's just it's quite incredible to like think of the whole ending of this film fire and blood Right. So it's just it's it's quite amazing. He knocks on the door. Carrie answers it, speaking quietly, not inviting him inside as the TV plays in the background. She tells him that her mom is resting, asking him what does he want. He asks her about the prom again, but she is very skeptical, asking him why is he doing this? And I actually love how Sissy Spacek makes her voice so breathy in yeah. these moments because it, it does seem very like sensual and also concerning. At the same time, because you could tell like she's trying to hide something back. And I I think it's absolutely flawless. I think it's very well done. He claims it is because he wants to, but she doesn't believe that. Margaret calls for her. Carrie telling him uh, that he he better leave as she says that she can't go with him. He waits there until she says yes, claiming that it is because of her liking his poem. Her mom is getting more impatient. Carrie closing the door as Tommy yells that he will pick her up at 8 p.m. We cut to Billy, Freddie, Chris, and their unnamed friend walking onto a pig farm. They climb up their ladder that they brought. Freddie trying to rile the animals up, but he's not able to go through with it. He's like, come on, Biggie, come on. I can't do it, man. Like, yeah, it was, I was like, wait, what? I, I thought he was sarcastic at first. But. <laughs> Billy takes a sledgehammer and bashes a pig as Chris yells for him to do it repeatedly. And I'm just like, okay. Damn, Danny Zuko. <laughs> I hate these people so much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. They're horrible people. But yeah, it's uh, that moment of Chris saying, do it, do it, do it over and over and over. It's It's horrific and it shows that like, you know. The true villain of the horror story here, right? It's true. Right. Even like the scene, even though you don't see like the bashing happening, like dumb going into the pit and like making the pigs go wild pissed me off too because I was like, you're scaring the pigs in real life for this movie right now. <laughs> and that's where my thoughts were. It was a different like, time. Yeah. It's a lot rowdier. Yeah. I mean, like, hey, yeah, I know you're not killing this pig same, for this movie right now. Same thing goes but, for the thing, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, true. you know, same thing. Carrie and Margaret are eating in the dark, but we are going to. 
check back in with our sponsors and we'll be back after those messages. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. So Carrie and Margaret are eating in the dark with two candles illuminating them. Margaret comments that she hasn't touched her cake. Carrie blaming that it gives her pimples. That's right, Mom. Pay attention to me. God. <laughs> she changes the subject, asking her to see uh, that she needs to try to get along with people, telling her mom about, uh, about her being invited to the prom. Her mom drops her smile. Carrie saying that she isn't like her and that she wants to be normal. And I fucking love this scene. <laughs> her mom's just like... It's like boiling yeah. like your face is just well, shaking. Well, it's awesome because at <laughs> this so point good. we see Carrie standing up for herself and she's feeling yes. that sense of power. Yes. Embrace that shit, girl. While speaking to her, Margaret throws a drink at Carrie's face, it washing Ugh. out the candles as well. But this is flawless right here because Carrie continues to just keep speaking. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's so well, fucking well done. It's sad though because, because Carrie herself continues to continue speaking it shows that she's used to she's, this exactly this happens a lot right you know in in for her mom her mom is is literally going through all the tactics she can think of that she's done to in break the past down. to stop this yeah carrie continues uh telling her about tommy and how he is nice margaret yells no repeating it as carrie yells that she is she has already accepted she demands carrie to go and in, go into her closet and pray but carrie sternly tells her no carrie tries to convince her that she was she will like him margaret laughs coming over to carrie shaking her as she verbally paints the, what the boy what boys are carrie holds her hand her hands over her ears calling for her to stop but her mom um says that she isn't going to Excuse me. She tells her mom again that she accepted, but Margaret threatens that they will move from there if she doesn't tell him no. Margaret goes to, cl- to close the window, Carrie yelling for her to sit sit with her and talk to her. All of the windows slam shut in the house, Carrie softly telling her that she is going, adding that things are going to change. Margaret calls, calls her a witch for having Satan's power. Carrie yells that it is her, not Satan, that uh, that she isn't the only one. Margaret preaches that the devil is a lie, bringing, bringing up that he is the reason that her father left. Carrie cries that he ran away for, uh, with another woman, Margaret uh, bringing the attention back on Carrie's ability, w- uh, wanting her to denounce it, but Carrie once again mentions that she is going, t- she is going and that she can't stop her. The scene, man. Wow, their performance together. Yeah. Just, it, it was just a beautiful ebb and flow that it's a great the, back and forth. It, so it, absolutely fantastic. And it, it, it makes it's weird because it's like these two here have such an interesting chemistry together that they seem like they are actually mother and daughter. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I love this sense of confidence that Carrie gets because it seems like she's getting more of a hold of her power. Absolutely. Um, exactly. And 
It's, yeah, it, it's huge because there's a huge contrast of like how her mom uses her power, quote unquote. Oh yeah, and how she uses it, and it's mm-hmm. it's literally a battle of who is going to win the room and win this argument. That's a very good point. And kind of this is what she's learned from her own mom in a way. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's how a really to like good point. use using, her own powers exactly. against her. Yeah, and making her feel like the one that's small in the room. Absolutely. And yeah. I like right Better before the scene, Prince, that you brought up all the the red mm-hmm. throughout the film because friend of the friend of the show Drew is here and he wrote a note when you brought that up saying red is the devil and yeah, then right after that we get yeah. we get um her stating that she's a witch and Satan's power is living within her so right. it's a good uh, transition yeah. point meanwhile the dickhead squad are pouring pig's blood <laughs> into a bucket chris yells for billy to hurry up him mocking her she whimpers that she wants to go home billy commenting that he will allow her to pull the rope when the time comes margaret is swaying while silently praying as carrie uh, works on her dress for the prom and i love how she's just ignoring her mom she's just like yeah. Whatever, I'm used to this shit. I'm going to the motherfucking prom. <laughs> is that enough? <laughs> Margaret is swaying while silently praying. Oh, excuse me. Cut to Freddie stopping a student named Ernest about prom and being part of the committee. Fre- I'm actually so glad that we finally got another name that is a part of our crew here in one of these movies. Because we usually get David. Yeah, it's usually right. David. Yeah, it's usually you know David. What? I hate Freddie. I, fuck, we all hate Freddie. How do you think I feel? Every time there's a David, he's a <laughs> It's always bad David. Damn. <laughs> now we got a bad Freddie. Bad David. <laughs> Freddie Cougar. <laughs> God exactly. damn, you're all dicks. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, we haven't gotten a bad prince yet. What's up? Uh, Freddie <laughs> claims that he wants to collect the ballots for the king and queen votes. Chris is watching them from across. Ernest agrees, asking him to come to come at six thirty. <laughs> I love this. Freddie hilariously is telling, mm, "I'm thinking eight. Eight's good for me." Right. <laughs> Norma and Helen are getting ready for prom, laughing about Tommy asking Carrie to the prom. Gary's walk, Carrie is walking across the street into a pharmacy as we hear the two girls chattering about the gossip. Cut to Sue and Frida working on decorations while Frida is asking about Carrie and Tommy. Sue tells her that she, um, she owed it to her. Meanwhile, Norma and Chris are quietly chatting about, about what Chris has cooked up for, for tonight. Norma wants to, to know, excuse me, Norma wants to know what she has planned. Carrie, or Chris saying that she will fill her in later, but she keeps asking. And she's like eager. She's like, tell me, I want to know. Yeah. Chris whispers it in her ear. Cue the funky 70s music as Tommy and his crew are getting their tuxes. Gary's <laughs> in the pharmacy uh, trying on lipsticks. Uh, the group of young men are trying on tuxedos as George and Beak are uh, arguing about trying on suits. And this was fun. I love the comic relief here. Like it, it's fun and it just their humor back and forth was really fun. Carrie is at home putting on her makeup. Margaret sneering as she comments about her dress. Carrie uh, continues her trip, her chipper attitude, showing her mom the flowers that were given to her by Tommy. Margaret demands her to take off the dress and that they will they will burn it together while praying for forgiveness. The flowers are also red, by the way. Someone yeah. honks outside, um, and also another red car passes. They both head to the window to see, but it isn't Tommy. It's weird because it did look like Tommy's pickup, like kind of bla- blasting all through. But that way that car was driving, like almost hit that person in the, in the middle of the street. Yeah, the other crazy. car. I was like, oh. I didn't. I didn't think Tommy had a pickup. I thought he had like a little blue sedan or something. He comes in another car. Got you. Yeah, but when he first goes to Carrie's house, it's another red pickup. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, strange. 
It is strange. It might be like his rich. mom's car, dad's car, yeah. or rich. Uh, someone hunks. Oh, excuse me. Margaret notions that he isn't coming, but Carrie assures her that he is. A, he is um, while tending back to her hair. And I love how Margaret's like also like looking like, oh shit, is he coming in here? Like, yeah. is this for real? Does she really have a date? Or is I mean, my daughter crazy? She's also probably thinking too that um, she'll probably end up having sex, right? Premarital. Oh sex. yeah, yeah. She totally. That's like that, yeah. all in her mind, and she's freaking sure. out because she doesn't want her daughter to sin right yeah yeah which it and we find out later like yeah. if her mom would have been nicer and saying this in in instead of forcing her daughter to do all these things and if her mom would have realized like the main thing was i don't want you to be what happened to me exactly that was it that was all she did she but, wanted for her daughter but it was the way she's yeah she placed that out of that daughter. fear she ends up destroying her daughter exactly. when she just wants to help her Right. Margaret gets antsy repeating that he isn't co- going to come and then starts hurting herself. And she just like starts scratching her face, pulling her hair, mm. smacking herself on the head. Carrie demands for her to stop when her mom says the iconic line, quote, they're all going to laugh at you, end quote. That's such a messed up thing to say. It is. Yeah. It is. I love that line. If only they knew she had power. Carrie says that they aren't going to laugh at her, but her mom continues trying to convince her daughter to stay. She uses her power on her mom to lie on the bed as she yells for her to sit down and be quiet. She goes to the window, Tommy parked and coming out of his car. Carrie is about to leave, Margaret trying yet again, but Carrie forces her back down with her telekinetic mind. She tells her mom that she loves her, Margaret responding, quote, thou shall not suffer a witch to live, end quote. They make it to the prom, Carrie asking if they can wait in the car for a moment before going inside. He asks, it, I wish it would like have one of those super cheesy lines like, whoa, you're beautiful when she comes to the car. And she, <laughs> he asks if she is scared, um, her thinking that this could have been a mistake. He tries to convince her uh, that she will be fine and he opens the car door for her to escort her inside. Cut to all these white people. <laughs> Yeah. Cutting a rug yeah. in, the, in the, well, the live band. I saw two black people though. Yeah, I, I only saw, saw one. I saw two. It was it was one. It was another guy right, <laughs> okay, like, right behind. Say, damn, there's like, some representation. At least yeah, we, later we, on, we I saw him in the bit. front. So I'm like, they put him in the front. I was like, I yeah, we got, we got a bit. We got a bit. My brother died though, and they didn't even show him die. Yeah. <laughs> Gary is walking with Frida as she is complimenting her, and everyone around them are gossiping and laughing at her. She mentions that she is nervous. Frida being kind, letting her know that she can sit with th- sit with them. Meanwhile, Sue kisses her parents goodbye while they are having dinner back at the prom. Tommy asking Carrie if she would like to dance to a slow song. She asks him if they can sit a bit longer. Collins comes up to them, complimenting Carrie, and it- it's interesting because like. You can kind of tell that Tommy is trying his yeah. best for for Sue, but at the same time, he's just like, "Well, I'm kind of bored," kind of thing too. Like when when she tells him, "Can we sit here a little bit longer?" Like he kind of had that. I was like, "Yep, yeah, sure, whatever yep. you want." Yeah, but he's want. he's understanding it's, in it my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, it seems genuine to me too. But at the same time, it also seemed like like cool. All right, I'm gonna try again. But, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so because uh, he's also trying to help her like come come out of her shell too. Yeah, right? and that's yeah. why I think this time around I'm like I think he's a good dude, and I think he's, oh, I think he's a good dude. Totally, ultimately a good, guy, especially sure. with the captions that I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that's a huge that changes between, everything. Like, Apple, it changes his whole just, entire yeah, character. Changes his whole character. Just that, just one, that word. one word. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You from she because mine totally had she on Amazon. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, that, but like, I'm, show I'm, us a script. <laughs> I want the original script. I'm with script. you though. I'm with you though. I, I do feel like he because I and 
full disclosure, everybody, as you can all tell, we haven't read the original novel. So, right. So, like, I don't know how his character is in the novel. So, like, I I don't know. But, um, with that being said, I'm, I agree with you guys. I I do think he is actually a good guy. Yeah. I feel like the prom scene is what wins me over with this character. Fair enough. I think, yeah, I I think I'm okay with you because I'm pretty sure I, because I ran it off Apple. Wait, what did you run it on? Apple TV, Apple TV. Oh. But you said you didn't have captions on. I didn't have captions on, but I thought it was about her, too. I think right. at this but. point, too, at prom, uh, Tommy starts to realize that he actually likes her, and he's surprised right. by it. Yeah, I, I don't feel like he does like her. I think he I think does. he's trying to make her night the best it can be. Yeah. Because obviously, he's still dating the other chick. Right. I mean, all we know so is him that... him kissing her and stuff like that, that's just all... That was... That was my yeah, that all was, we know... That's how I got it, too. ...is Tommy as Sue to prom, but it was never established that they were a couple. I mean, they were hanging out together, watching movies and stuff like that. It was very couple-like. Yeah. But it, maybe the they're dating, right? Yeah, they're dating. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean... I, I think at this time, background information is like, oh, now I'm going to start liking you because yeah. we're at prom. At this time, I think during the 70s, if I'm thinking about it correctly, like monogamy kind of goes out the window and a lot of people are just like dating around and exploring a lot more. Like they're going steady. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I, I think know. at this point, like if you're like dating someone, you can potentially it's intermingle a lot of LSD with another. Involved. Yeah. <laughs> Psychedelics. I don't know. Probably. But the 70s. Because <laughs> I, I see that. <laughs> They the whole made, movie was an LSD trip. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> they all woke up afterwards. I take it as that, like, uh, Tommy and Sue may not be, like, a an official couple-couple because uh, she just seems so nonchalant of, like, you should just go with Carrie, you know? I agree. I, I personally fair. never saw them as being boyfriend-girlfriend. Exactly. That's why I never put that in here because um, I, I, I saw them as them actually just being friends. And she's like, you should totally go with Carrie kind of thing. Like, do me this solid. Interesting. And I think he likes Sue. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally think he likes you, but I don't. I don't think they were actually officially. Dating. Yeah, and I think he finds himself liking Carrie, and also I think it's that moment, of like, you know, for him as a male, probably like, oh, you do look pretty, and yeah. like, oh, you're not as weird as everyone says you are, right? It's like <laughs> the trope. Yeah, once she puts on some yeah. makeup and a dress, exactly. she's the hot girl. In- I don't know. I still, agree, I still agree with Freddie's point, though. I, I do think he's still just trying to make it the best night that he can right. for Carrie. Um, yeah, because he has some sympathy for her, too. And some empathy. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. You, know it, it like, totally you, you are having it hard. Like, right. I feel bad about that. Later, hard knock life. Yeah, later on, I, I this time around, I genuinely started believing what he was saying. Fair enough. Huh? She gives her thanks. Collins asking if she can sit down. Tommy uh, allows her to sit in, in uh, his chair while he goes to grab some punch. Collins tells her a story about her prom, calling it magical. Carrie shares how this uh, this feels for her. It feeling it feeling like being on another on a different planet. Collins embraces her with a hug. Tommy comes back over, sarcastically interrupting their moment. He jokes with Carrie, um, then ask if uh, if. I didn't complete that sentence. Then ask if she, uh, if if she actually has to go home early. I think that's what I was trying yeah, to that say. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, she does apologizing. Tommy inviting her to an after party. He then brings her up to slow dance with him as she is nervous and hesitant, but he brings brings her out onto the dance floor anyway. They are dancing on the floor. Carrie about to run off, but he brings her back, teaching her how to move to the music. He tries to go in for a kiss, but she flinches, then apologizes. He accepts her apology, and she is bashing herself for it. Tommy tries once more, and he kisses her. Carrie, uh, Carrie asks him why is she why is she here with him, and he tells her that he wanted to because she liked his poem. 
They smile as he tells her that he likes being there with her. And I, I do like this scene. A little nauseated every time I watch this scene yeah, because yeah. Of, of the spinning too camera. Spinning. Well, <laughs> it was yeah, so intense. So too much. I see the impact of it now with that cinematography, right? Like at first it's like, you know, it's whimsical and, and it's magical because it starts off slowly. But then it's as things start heating up between them, like Carrie's yeah, mind faster, is probably faster, spinning. Faster. And like That's there's true. a lot it's of things that symbolic. are going through her, her mind. It's and, and also way too long for me. Oh, absolutely. Way too long. Absolutely. And in another film that I actually told you about that you actually recently watched as well, uh, it also kind of had that same concept for me yeah. with the flashing. But with oh, this yeah. scene, I pictured it as same thing as David, where the scene wanted us to feel like Carrie, where this is her first kiss. Right. I don't know about you guys, but my first kiss, I had butterflies. And I felt kind of nauseous. Like, <laughs> uh, I was very young. <laughs> so, so um, I mean... I'm saying the first kiss that actually mattered. Like, yeah, that's, like, that's fair. Okay, yeah, that's, like, yeah, that's, like, there's a difference. Like, yeah, that. if you're if you're like a kid who's six and you're just like kissing chicks, I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I've never had. Happens. I've never had my first kiss. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's like Bella has, Bella has, Bella has like, yet wait, to no. kiss me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Two years in, <laughs> three, three, yeah. three. There you go. Um, I Thank think it'll happen. <laughs> it'll happen i'll we'll get there fingers crossed man wait until marriage <laughs> um i think i think what is why it's so nauseating why it's so fast too i think uh carrie's probably going through her mind about everything that she's been taught by her mother about yeah this like being this sinful, right. sinful but thing. she she probably enjoys she this it. moment that she's happy for the first right. time i think it's really important also a moment that we i think we missed prior is um miss collins comes over and yeah, speaks to them and um she really like hypes Carrie up. She right? does because she tells her about like her, her and, I, and that's how why I think like I'm sure uh, Tommy heard yeah. the conversation. He probably wasn't far right, and uh, her telling like I had my first kiss and blah blah blah, and it was super oh, magical. Interesting, yeah. yeah so, yeah. but yeah, I think that also like further invokes like the high carries on, right? Oh yeah. Right. Carrie's on fucking cloud nine right exactly. now. She's like, shit, I'm the queen and right now. That's what I pretty much put on my notes. I was like, this movie is really good at making your hopes very high for Carrie just to take it away. And that's mm-hmm. what. So I was like happy during this moment of watching the movie, but knowing what's about to happen, it pissed me off. When story, oh, go like, watch a don't comedy. Give me this. <laughs> don't give me this happy moment. Go watch a romantic that, comedy. That gives it its impact, though. You, yeah, you got to be brought yeah. up just to be brought down. Yeah, I love it. That makes it memorable. Sue makes it to the prom, entering through the back door. Ernest tries to calm everyone down. The crowd shouting at him so they can vote for the king and queen. Tommy and Carrie pick up the ballot. Them noticing about their them noticing their names on the ballot and she's like oh, Tommy our names are on here <laughs> Tommy asks if she wants wants to back out she returns the question he tells her hell no <laughs> then explains what happens when they're up there she comments that it is it looks beautiful him turning the compliment towards her you look beautiful I was like alright bro that made me blush. Like <laughs> He's a good guy. <laughs> she smiles asking who they should vote for. Her joking that uh, she doesn't have a she doesn't have a crowd. He says that they should vote for themselves, but she doesn't want to. He convinces her and she agrees with a smile. Meanwhile, Margaret is pacing around her kitchen for a moment that then crudely chops a carrot. 
I love this scene. She's practicing. Oh my God, I love this scene. Billy and Chris are underneath the stage. Chris whisper yelling, who taught you how to whisper, um, at him as uh, they continue to watch. Norma collects all of the ballots while Chris mentions that they uh, that she called some favor so they can vote for them. She, Which is funny, it was just like, it was his friend that she called them. <laughs> okay. She hands them to Freddie. Um, he drops them on the, on the ground. She kicks them underneath the table. This is smooth. Oh, so smooth. Like, Norma was, like, mad smooth in this moment where she's, like, hugging up on him. Yeah. And he, like, kind of throws it behind her back and she kicks it and then he just hands her the rest. I'm like... I guess she's not so Did I just watch a drug deal right now? Like, it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like so good. Freddie pulls out uh, um, another set, handing it to Norma. She hands them to the teachers, then knocks knocks on top of the stage to cue Billy and Chris. Sue is behind the stage to see how things are going, not realizing that the blood-filled bucket that's waiting above. They announce, uh, they announce the winners are Tommy and Carrie, everyone cheering for them to head up the stage. She is smiling and nervous, Tommy escorting her as the, as the crowd continues to applaud. And uh, I even put here again, legit reminds me of Matilda, like when all the kids were cheering her on and shit. Yeah. Uh, Chris is waiting underneath the stage, holding the string as she waits for them to walk up the stage. They're on stage, everyone continuing to cheer. Meanwhile, Sue is watching from behind the stage as, how many times can I say stage? As the rope moves next to her. And <laughs> real quick, how long were they holding yes. this string oh for? Like, notes. Yes. they put this up last night. So, like, they had to, like, stay there or what? The bucket? Yeah. That's a good point. I think it's I a continuity know. issue where like... Oh, it's the, totally a continuity I mean, issue. It has to be, right? I mean, yeah, I guess the bucket is just Unless fine. they tied it to something. Yeah. Well, so you're saying they have to hold it for the bucket to stay still? I don't yeah, think so. She, she I, I thought go, it was right? like on the ledge and they are pulling it down. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. But this whole entire sequence of her holding the rope was also a very long scene. And I was like, okay, first you gave oh, yeah, me the was... spins. And now it's like, you're making me wait. <laughs> this so is the, the moment where the it's tension kind of goes away. Really? At least for me. It's like, I know what's about to happen because, you know, the scene is iconic. Yeah. So oh, you're yeah. just waiting for it to happen and then you're waiting. I love you're it, still though. waiting. And it. she notices and she goes after it. And then the teacher takes her away. And you're, you're still waiting. I'm like, can you just do it? <laughs> like, ruin my hopes already. Everybody wow. knows about that. Yeah, happen. no, I'm over here like, Oh man, if just this one moment, this is where it all changes. And I'm like, like, this is such a good moment. And like, I love this. How it's slowed down. Like, Carrie's like taking it in and cannot believe how much her life has changed in one night. And the slow motion of seeing like Sue realize the tear fall down her eye too. Like, Carrie's tear falling down her eye. She's so happy. Like, she's so stoked. And that whole slow motion sequence of Miss Collins grabbing Sue and it's like dragging her out. Yeah, it's like, I, I appreciate the slow motion is because it's like there's so many moments where someone could have just like realized what was happening and made yeah. a difference, but it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like Sue could have like screamed, right? Because there's a plotting and yeah, cheering happening so too. So Collins is smiling ear to ear, clapping for Carrie. They take Carrie's picture and she is continue continues her wide grin. Sue notices the rope in uh what is leading to uh leading to it. Collins uh notices Sue looking up looking above at something. She puts it all together, Tommy kissing Carrie on stage. She runs to check underneath the stage, Collins pulling her back. Chris and Billy are arguing underneath. They are all looking at the commotion, Carrie crying 
um, about the situation from happiness. Collins drags Sue out of the gym. The bucket of blood comes crashing down on top of Carrie's head. The crowd stops applauding and are in shock. Norma beginning to inaudibly laugh. Tommy inaudibly yelling at the crowd. The bucket falling on top of his head. Killing him? Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> yeah, I I didn't know. know. <laughs> it killed him until I watched it this time. Damn. Did it, kill him? Uh, it did. They confirm I think it, it killed him. They confirm yeah. it later. I'll yeah. bring it up. Yeah, they, they, it killed him. And like, I was like, bunk. Yeah. But just, I mean, technically, technically, happen. that could happen. Like, yeah. it, like yeah. there's there's stories of people dying from like a penny falling from twenty stories high. Of course, yeah. So like you sketch. know, I, I, I you know, it, I, I could picture that like a sharp edge, like hitting the proper spot. It's like an iPhone, proper fall. Right? Crack the screen. (laughs) Uh, He falls down to the ground. Carrie talking about what her mom told her about everyone laughing at her. She watches the whole crowd laughing at her. Are they? Including Collins. Actually laughing? Some are, some aren't. Like, I don't... That depiction of her looking at Miss Collins, I don't... I wonder if all that. I think all that is just completely fake. Like through yeah. the kaleidoscope. Yeah. Like yeah. okay, that's what I thought too. Yeah. Like that's just what she feels like is happening, and that's very real for some people. Right. Because she's just embarrassed. Yeah. Like all she feels is embarrassment, and her mom p- repeating in her head oh. that she was right. She was right. She was right. Yeah, man. And it's just it mess- she, and she messed her up. Snaps. Chris and Billy run out from the understa- underneath the stage. Carrie is on stage watching them all laugh with an intense look on her face. She telekinetically closes all the doors and bursts the lights, only to cast a red on her and the crowd. Sue bangs for them to open the door. Norma and her buffoons are screaming for help as they try to escape. Everyone tries to escape. Carrie turns on the fire hose, blasting all of the teens on the ground. Some run on the stage. Another tries to control the holes, but sparks lights above. I love how the fire starts, by yeah. the way. Norma drowns from the hose, blasting in her face. That was fucking brutal. I wish that was longer. Because <laughs> that was brutal as all shit. Give me the slow motion effect there. <laughs> the other I mean, chaperones get electrocuted while trying to calm everyone down through the microphone. And Collins is crushed by a beam while Fromm is shocked on a wall, catching the gym ablaze. Billy and Chris watch from outside through a window at everyone being slaughtered by Carrie's powerful mind. Carrie walks off the stage, the teens running away from her running away from her as she moves towards the door. She looks back one last time at her tasteful art, opening the door and stepping outside, closing it back with her mind. Man. Wow. I, I mean, like Freddie has been saying, Fucking this is, wow. and everyone the knows this is such scenes. an iconic scene. And so iconic. It ages well, even so. with the decade styled editing. Yeah. Um, I think it has its impact. And yeah. I'm just a sucker for when emotion invokes power. Yes. I love that. Yes. I love when someone snaps and gets power from it. It's, it's so incredible. satisfying to so watch. So incredible. I don't know if you guys seen the uh, remake of this. It was, was like maybe 2013. With Chloe yeah. Grace Moretz. Yeah, with Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, not good. But, <laughs> <laughs> but on top of that not being good, I did like an aspect of that film that I wish was in this film. She floats. In, Ooh, in, heck yeah! Yeah, in the I barely remember that in the remake, Carrie. It's very it's it's during this scene yeah. where she's like she's like floating and like her body's kind of like oh, creaking. I, I kind of remember. It's that. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, transition to a fire truck smashing down the street. Carrie walking in the other direction. Chris and Billy are speeding towards her, trying to hit her with with the car, but Carrie notices, causing them to flip their car and then exploding it. Dude, well, that's just genius. Chris yeah, sucks. so good. So this is the moment, like 
up until the the iconic scene and to this point and to the end, this is when I first walked into a room at eight years old. Oh. And saw all this. This is all I knew of Carrie for the longest Death's time. Death flashes before his eyes. Yeah. I was, like, <laughs> I was <laughs> terrified. <laughs> she walks home, carefully going inside. She She's walking around her house. Many candles are lit. Furniture is thrown over. Carrie continues inspecting her house while looking for her mom, noticing two candles lit on top of her mom's bed. She heads upstairs, looking at herself covered in the pig's blood. Her mom hiding behind the bathroom door and a mannequin. That's terrifying i love it it reminds me of hereditary oh yeah oh, totally. oh, yeah <laughs> oh man like when i see that when every time i see the scene even in carrie i just think of the piano wire this this <laughs> scene brutal oh ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> this scene always catches me off guard i always forget she's hiding behind that. oh i love it I love it. Carrie goes into the bathroom, turning on the light, illuminating Margaret behind the door. Carrie draws a bath, cleaning off all the blood. She begins to sob while bathing, and she gets out, putting on her nightgown. When she comes out of the bathroom, she calls for her mom, Margaret, appearing from behind the door. She embraces her daughter for a moment, Carrie sobbing that they laughed at her. Margaret drops to the floor, Carrie pleading for her to hold her. Margaret comments that she uh, should have killed herself when she had sex. She tells her daughter about her father promising that they will never have sex again. And they didn't for a while. But one night, they did it again. And she liked it. She continues that she, w- that she should have given Carrie, uh, Carrie to God when she was born. And she brings her daughter down to pray with her, Carrie agreeing with tears flowing from her face. They begin praying the Our Father, Margaret grabbing the butcher knife from the floorboard, striking Carrie in the back. Carrie falls down the stairs, Margaret falling her down the steps, um, Margaret following her down the steps, giving her the sign of the cross with the bloody knife. And this is fucking cinematic genius I right agree, here. Yeah. The yeah. knife just the, with the cross. Yeah. Oh my God. So haunting to Wow. Now, I do want to pick out um, when she bathed. I always thought that as like her baptism of knowing everything that's gone down, her transition to who she is now. Oh, yeah. I totally, yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Like, I, I think of it, I think of it as a reverse baptism. Because she never ducks yeah. her head underneath the water. That's true. So, Carrie crawls away to a door, but it is locked. Margaret is about to strike her again, but Carrie uses her mind to jam her full of sharp objects. Margaret groans in pain, her moans turning orgasmic until she dies. Carrie covering her ears as she cowers from her seeing her mom. Her mom displayed like Jesus on the cross, pinned on the door frame, with her eyes open, looking downward just like the statue inside the praying closet. There it is right there. <laughs> and um, the statue in the praying closet has arrows in his chest in the same exactly. places in where she has, yeah, she has sharp objects in her. Fire! Carrie weakly gets up to check her on her mom, screaming while taking the knife out of her hand to hug her slouched body. The house begins to cave in and crumble around her, Carrie pulling her mom off the knives stuck in her hand, dragging her into the praying closet. The house continues to collapse around them, catching on fire as it moves up ground, underground to hell. Carrie dies while protecting her mom. The camera moving closer to the Jesus figure's eyes. Cut to Sue's house. Sue uh, waking up in bed with her mom right next to her. The phone rings. Snell answers um, answers it while uh, sh- uh, sh- shutting her daughter's door. And is her friend Betty asking about Sue. A dreamlike sequence of Sue going to Carrie's old house plot. A, f- a for sale sign in the ground like a grave plot reading, quote, Carrie White burns in hell. End quote. Shaped like a cross. Shaped like Shaped a cross. Like a cross yeah. Genius, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, she walks closer towards the rubble, kneeling to kneeling to place flowers down, crying as the sign as as she reads the sign. She places the flowers down, screaming from a bloody hand grabbing her. Sue wakes up and her mom trying to comfort her. Sue continuing her screams and shakes. Then credits. Man, that scene where she grabs Sue's arm. That, gets me every time. That is the moment at eight years old when I ran out of the room. Oh yeah, it gets me every oh, time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it gets, would be. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It, it's fantastic. Like I, I absolutely love that scene when it comes out of the out of the ground. And Stephen King loves utilizing this. They did it in Creep Show. They, they did it in Carrie. I mean, you, you see it a lot also in Salem's Lot. Like it, it, it's fantastic how like the whole hand coming underground and it's just. It's to drag you down to hell, right? It's magnificent for what you did. Yeah, what Carrie thought she did. Absolutely. Oh man, I adore this movie. I do too. I'm, I'm I right like it. <laughs> That's okay. That's, That's okay. fine. That is completely fine. I I completely understand. I'm gonna drag this off the screen so I can see it on my end. Um, but no, I I absolutely adore this movie. I'm glad you like it, Freddie. At least, of <laughs> I think I just have like the mentality. It's like seeing bad people do bad things just make me angry. I feel that that doesn't like, no, take away way. anything from the movie. It yeah. actually kind of enhances. Like you did exactly what you were meant to do. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's a great movie. No, no, no. I I absolutely agree. Um, I got some movie facts for us here. Movie, movie facts. facts. The name of the high school is Bates High, a reference of Norman Bates from Psycho. <gasps> Whoa, wow. In addition, the four-note violin theme from Psycho is used over and over in the film. That is fucking genius. That is genius. Um, when Sissy Spacek was preparing for her character, she isolated herself from the rest of the ensemble, decorating her dressing room with heavy religious iconography and studied um, Gustave Doria's illustrated Bible. She studied, quote, the body, the body language of people being stoned for their sins, end quote, starting or ending every scene in one of those positions. Oh, my God. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Damn. What a a fantastic method for her. Wow. That's the wow. That blows me away. While speaking at a book event in Fort Myers, Florida in 2010, Stephen King recalled that he was paid just $2,500 for the movie rights to carry, which oh. may seem like a, a pittance, but he has no regrets. Oh, I, he says, quote, I was fortunate to have that happen to my first book, end quote. Good Damn. for him. Yeah, that's humble. I'm glad that he doesn't have any regrets. I mean, yeah. look what happened. Yeah, you know, true. like that's like, a really good point. Like, and, and even at that time, he was a best-selling author, but yeah. he literally, he is pretty much for the horror world. He was what Stan Lee was for Marvel. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, he's, a, he's a household name. Absolutely. Like everyone knows Stephen King. Yeah. Like doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. You know who Stephen King is. It's incredible. Uh, I'll do two more here. Uh, the dizzying camera shot during the prom scene was achieved by placing William Cat and Sissy Spacek on a platform that was spinning in one direction while the camera was being dollied in the opposite direction. Oh, damn. Oh, that sounds nauseating. So, that's terrible for now. <laughs> uh, uh, initially, PJ Souls was only cast for two weeks. Um, and I think PJ Souls played Tommy. Um, but after... After, oh no, actually, let me double check who PJ Souls is just so I can make sure who that is. Uh, oh, that's Norma. Uh, initially, PJ Souls was only cast for two weeks, but after she hit Sissy Spacek over the head with her red baseball hat during the volleyball scene, Brian De Palma decided to keep her around. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was improv then, I'm guessing. I, I guess so. 
I guess so. You know what? Let's do let's do one more. Let's get it. Let's get a nice little juicy one. In one here. more. One more movie <laughs> fic. Although there have been three versions of Carrie and a sequel at this point. There is. It's uh, Carrie two. Two thousand two. No, this was in the nineties, I believe. Oh, because I saw a, a Carrie movie I was unfamiliar with when I was searching for this one, and I saw it was from two thousand two. Uh, I was like, "What is that?" Yeah, it's called The Rage, Carrie Two. Oh, damn! Yeah, the Rage, nineteen ninety nine. I personally do not like that movie, but the kills are fun. <laughs> <laughs> Although there have uh, been three versions of Carrie and a sequel at this point, the 1976 version is the only version Stephen King actually likes. In fact, when they were planning to remake this version in 2013, he openly asked the question is why when the original was so good. King even likes this version better than his own novel. Wow. He says it's much better <laughs> than he than he depicted in his own book. Whoa. I love that. That is huge crazy. praise. Damn. He had the opposite uh, perspective of The Shining, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, He's like, you butchered my work. The Shining. He absolutely despised The Shining. But, wow. What a what a good way to start this month. I it's have a to agree. To like, fit this theme. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely digging that um, for sure. But I really, really want to know what everybody else thinks of Carrie. I... I can assume, but I really want you to just tell me. <laughs> but yeah, definitely keep keep this conversation going over on Twitter at Nightlight underscore pod. And that's Nightlight with a K. But definitely let us know. But the next movie that we are covering, everybody, is Good Night, Mommy, which I actually literally put in my notes. And I want to see if David is actually going to go through with this. I movie. saw your note. I said, David, you can skip out on this I'm one. I'm a little scared. <laughs> but I really. But he's going to push through. He's I, want, do I it. want you to at least try. Okay. I want you to at least try. Give it a shot. If you if you can't handle it, just let us know. Okay. If you can't handle it, great. If you can't <laughs> handle it and you still go through with it, uh, it it'll be nice to see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> but this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we had David. Stay spooky, everyone. Always and forever, also known as Nightly. Other in there, we have Freddie. Thank you for spending this spoopy time with us. Oh, yeah. Also known as Nighty Night. Our efforts to get this show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to, would actually, uh, to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. That's like what they would. Okay. My pleasure on Patreon. You get access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight. And...